you know, it's not Karachi, this is not East Pakistan, this is not India, this is not Ireland, this is never records, this is never records, this is never records. And certainly me. In the crash, in, in the booth with never records. With 13 minutes. Across the ocean, from New York to Liverpool to Derry, we are the ones who believe that through joy we can forever live. Thank you, Never Records. I'm sorry I touched your microphone. <laughs> You are not listening to Never Records on Blue Gold Radio, 99.9 FM. Welcome to Episode 7 of Never Records Radio. If you're joining me for the first time, my name is Ted Riederer, and I'm an artist and musician who lives and works in New York City. From the Mississippi to the River Jordan, I've recorded musicians, poets, historians, astronomers, anyone who wants to cut a vinyl record for free in my traveling art project, Never Records. At its heart, Never Records is about the fellowship of shared performance. But it's also about providing an ear in a safe and nurturing environment. When the constraints of money and fame are removed from a creative space, magic happens. In the fall of 2012, I mounted Never Records in the city of New Orleans. To this date, it was the largest and longest installation of Never Records. In four weeks, I recorded over 140 performances. Do the math. That's over four sessions a day, every day for a month. It was orgiastic. I can't wait to share these recordings with you, so stay tuned over the next two months as we dive into the sounds of New Orleans. Let me describe this next recording to you. Since I first saw the Jim Jarmusch film Down by Law when I was 16, I've always wanted to live in New Orleans. The opening scene where Tom Waits sits underneath a French Quarter portico on a curb strewn with broken 45 records, donning his silver buckle boots, is the epitome of cool. I was lucky enough to gig during a couple of Mardi Gras with my punk band Thumper, but as I settled into my life into the Northeast, it seemed that I would never get the chance to live in the city of my dreams. And then I got the chance to do Never Records in New Orleans. There's a lot of people to thank, and we'll get to all of them, but the project was the dream of Dan Cameron, gallerist Jonathan Ferrara, and Jessica Bride and Nick Mayer, who worked with me over an 18-month period to make Never Records New Orleans a reality. I set up space in Jonathan Ferrara's old gallery, a 3,000-square-foot Tudor building located a block from Lee Circle in the central business district of town, the CBD. I hired a set dresser to furnish the gallery space with comfortable couches and chairs. I built record racks and a stage. I even added wainscoting and a chandelier to the performance space. And on October 6, 2012, we had an opening party featuring performances by Luke Winslow King and Rob Cambray and Jay Steigner. From that night on, 10 a.m. to 4 a.m., every day for a month, the riot of performance erupted. Luke Winslow King is a very professional musician with a very polished sound, vintage clothes, and vintage gear. He didn't seem too phased by the idea of Never Records. In fact, I think he left the opening night party and went to another gig. That's something I discovered a lot about the musicians and performers in New Orleans. Everyone, it seemed, was always on their way to another gig. It's like that here in New York. It makes us forget that simple moments of fellowship and giving can pay the ontological rent. 
We are all here for such a short and dizzy time, and very rarely do any of us truly own ourselves. Through Never Records, we can own a moment together that arrests time. Here is Luke Winslow King performing a song, You and Me, live in front of a huge crowd at the opening of Never Records New Orleans. listening to Never Records Radio. I did something on Luke's recording that he wasn't so sure about at first. He normally sings through a vintage microphone plugged into a gorgeous vintage tube amplifier. I mic'd the amplifier, but I also set up a vocal mic next to his vintage mic and mixed the two sounds together to make a really nice full vocal mix. He was so happy with the results that he booked a session for his full band, but we'll get to that later. Let me describe this next recording to you. 
In New Orleans, I really became comfortable with the record lathe. Now, I don't pretend to know how to properly cut records, even though I probably cut up to a thousand of them. For me, it's all about the urgency of capturing a moment of time etched into the record like an insect in amber. There are master lathe cutters who are true alchemists. Did you know that most of all the hit records from the 70s and 80s were mastered and cut by only a handful of people? There's an amazing resource for anyone who wants to learn more about the process. Check out the Secret Society of Lathe Trolls at lathetrolls.com. It's funny, I can't say the word lathe without lisping. With Liverpool, Derry, and London under my belt, I began a level of experimentation with the lathe that winds its way into a lot of the recordings from New Orleans. Take the song Hats Off by the Lovey Doveys, for example. As soon as James Hayes strummed his acoustic guitar and sang the first few bars of his tune, I knew we were going to have fun. We recorded a quick mix and I cut it to vinyl. We then played that record on this very old, extremely lo-fi standalone turntable I brought from New York. I mic'd the blown out speakers of the standalone, and we used this as an intro to his recording. If you listen hard, you can hear me saying lock groove over and over in the actual lock groove at the end of his record. Here is James Hayes, the genius behind the Lovey Doveys, and his track Hats Off, recorded live in Never Records, New Orleans. You are not listening to Never Records Radio. 
After we finished cutting his record, with the record still warm from the heat lamps of the lathe, James and I rumbled over to WWOZ in his 1976 Impala. WWOZ is one of the world's greatest radio stations, and my friends who host the show, The Kitchen Sink, AJ, and AA, played this newborn record over the airwaves before it even had a chance to cool. Let me describe this next recording to you. Recording music is a lifelong practice. I've been doing it since I was 14, when the band I was in in Washington, D.C. called The Reply hooked up two tape players and bounced tracks back and forth. There are a lot of approaches to the recording process, and I've been lucky to work with some amazing engineers over the years who know all about the rules of recording. But sometimes rules are meant to be ignored. When Lefty Parker brought his band Lonely Lonely Nights in to make a record, I decided to put a slapback delay in the whole mix. Lefty, who worked at Euclid Records, a New Orleans institution, and book shows at the Saturn Bar, knew his way around records in the recording studio, but decided to play along. Here is Lonely Lonely Nights, recorded live in Never Records, New Orleans. Yeah. 
You are not listening to Never Records Radio. I love how that track came out. It's really scary and often a bad idea to add effects to the entire mix. But I love records like My Bloody Valentine's Loveless, so I'm really glad we added delay to this mix. It makes it sound like a dirge in a dive bar. Thank you for listening to Never Records Radio. Stay tuned next week for more music from New Orleans. For more information about Never Records, please visit neverrecords.net. As always, I'd like to offer a heartfelt thank you to the people and performers that make Never Records possible. A special thanks goes to Kiri Salinas at Blue Gold Radio for helping put the show together and to the UW Eau Claire Foundation. You are not listening to Never Records.